Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Keep your ankles tight together and point your toes down. And naturally, when you do that, even sitting down here, you can feel your your quad muscles get a little tighter. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, when we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Corey Mumson, Assistant Coach, Thomas More University. Focusing on jumping the line out, we are going to cut to the root on developing players to get into the air faster and quicker. Are you ready for the knife? Yes, I am. What's the first thing that a jumper needs to do to get into the air faster and quicker? I would say you have to bring a tempo to the line out. Tempo? What does tempo mean? So for me, as a player and coaching athletes today, it's it's a ritual. It's you do the same movement into the lineout the same way every every lineout. So, so give me an example of a ritual you might use. So walking into the lineout, where if you're in this discussion a jumper, so if you're the front jumper, middle jumper, back jumper, if you're going up in the air, if that's our call or where we're des- designated where we're going to throw to, if you're the dummy jumper, if you're not going up in the air, you, you're walking and we walk in, you know, I walk in. For how far do you wait? Do you walk in? Half a step. Just, just a tempo where you, you got that movement because it kind of gives your thrower kind of a, a nonverbal call that, right. Hey, I'm, I'm in my spot. I'm ready to go. So obviously we're, people can't see what's going on. Am I facing the opposition or am I facing uh, the thrower? We're facing the opposition because right. we want to see the open where we want jump at the open space. Okay, I know we're focusing on jumping, but you are if if the open space is not right in front of you, do you move? No, because we want to get up in the air quickly. So before before the match, we we have we call it check where it's we designate where we want to jump. We see the open space, but before the match, we have a check call, and to us. Our captains, our coaches, we change it up. And before the match, we say, hey, if we call check, it's either we go towards the thrower. So we'll say check under, meaning we're going to go closest to the thrower. Or check over, where we're going to go away from the thrower. So is that to the specific jump or to another jump? Really just, so as we're getting our tempo, even before the thrower has the ball in hand, my eight forwards, they get together saying, you know, we're going to hit the middle pot. Middle right. jumper. Okay. Okay. And we get we get lined up. Our lifters are in the lineouts in their positions. If we have a full lineout, five, four, whatever it is, our jumpers are a half a step from the channel, even further than the lifters. And that tempo, they're walking in. And if we designate that middle pod as the jumper, yeah. And we see the oppositions contesting there. One, if we're if we're more skilled, more dynamic, and we're winning all of our lineouts, we'll we'll jump there, even yeah. if with competition. But if a team is more is equal level to us and they contest us quite well, then all right, before the match, we said, All right, anytime we call check. When would you call check? As we get lined up. So our lifters are in their place. We 
we were about to walk in, and and whoever our, our forwards captain is, they see that all right, we're not winning our lineouts. Mm. They're competing at everywhere. So why we're... why why not say as you will before? Right, we're not winning the lineouts. Why not call check like twenty seconds before? Because uh, it seems to me that the guy is jumping and the throw is throwing, but they're having to react quickly to something rather than having a bit of time to think about it. Because because instead of calling check twenty seconds before, if we're We'll just say, all right, front pod. We're going to jump at the front pod. But the idea of this check, it's not, and it's not every call. Like, it's not every lineup set piece we do. It's more when, you know, we line up in our positions and you see the opposition creates a two-man, you know, like a, a pod, you know, where we're going to jump at. That's when we'll quick, quick check, 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 and then the thrower has to be All right, aware. so you're not just saying check, check, check. It's like, okay, fine. So uh, we're now, we've got the, the, the jumpers stepping into the line out this is the tempo the rhythm the ritual how are they getting up quickly what happens next it's quick feet so i'm a firm believer you really want to do two steps so as you're walking in your tempo you're facing the opposition and quick steps quick feet on the ground and two steps so ideally you're you're gonna obviously you're facing the opposition and you want to two steps, you got to face the thrower and be in the position to jump. So two steps, if you're facing the opposition, your inside foot should be lunging forward where your, your pot is, where, where your space is. And then your outside foot should be matching up with the channel. Two steps and quick up. Right. So when you say quick up, uh, that means vertically right on the spot you're on. Yes. Now, what's happening with the knees? What are you trying to do with the knee? All right, let's even go over... What are the, where are the feet on the ground? Are they absolutely flat? Are you on your toes? What are you, uh, or is this a detail too far? Oh no! I mean, I would say generally athletic position. So, balls of your feet, ball on your toes, and when you're taking that two steps, you're not you're not standing straight up tall like a pencil yeah. and walking in. And when you get that two steps, then you're not going to duck down and then jump because that takes another half second off your timing. You're quick up. So as you take your two steps. That second step, as your feet meet together as a jumper, you should be in a like a, a squat, not a squat position, yeah. but low enough where once you feel your two lifters, hands on your, your legs and your butt, that's when you spring up. Right. So really with that two steps, your second step, you're nice in a low position where you can spring up. Yeah, so you're not overemphasizing the dip down. What's happening with the hands? So, arms and hands. So I like... There's a game called Hungry Hippos. Have you, are you familiar yeah, yeah, with yeah. it? Right, where you, you snatch those little the balls in the in play or whatever. I do not like, I try to teach everybody that, that I train to jump. Don't be an airplane where your arms are out wide. You're trying to keep a, a stable core. I try to train my jumpers, hands in, elbows tucked into their, their torso. And keep your arms, your hands in until that ball comes towards you. And when that ball is up, then you quick snatch it and bring it towards your chest and protect it. And a lot of times, newer newer jumpers, guys learning the skill, they kind of get this this airplane motion to them where they do a jumping jack, you know, they, they starfish or whatever it is. And what I see is that creates an unstable frame where then when you're doing that, your torso starts to move, your hips start to move, and then you're making it tougher on your lifters. What are you doing with the legs when you're going up in the air? Are they, uh, are they locked together? Are they slightly apart? Oh, tight. Tight as can be. And I say, think of as coach just strapped your, your, your ankles together with taping. You know, they, and really the, a lot of people say, you know, keep your knees together, but what about your feet? Sometimes they spread apart too. So I always say, keep your ankles tight together and point your toes down. 
Right. And naturally, when you do that, even sitting down here, you can feel your, your quad muscles get a little tighter. And just say, you know, if you taped up, you strapped up for the game, great. But if you don't have it, then your legs are nice and tight. Your back end's nice and tight, too, with that natural body form that's easier on your lifters. This is what it looks like in the game, in the lineout, so we know what it should look like. You've got players who maybe not uh, have jumping for the first time or not regular jumpers. You're teaching them. How do you work your way through to getting them into this final position? Yeah, so a lot of times I'm, li- I'm limited with time at training. So ideally, like, you want to give your first side a lot of reps, get that continuity. So as you go into match day, you're solid as a unit. I would love to work with these guys before and after training, but the best way to do, if those guys aren't skilled at the jumping position, maybe they're not on the first side. So... I put them on defense and just make them compete at that front pod every every rep. That way, I say no matter what, compete at the front pod. You're just going up in the air, up in the air, getting that timing down, getting that rhythm, that tempo, and the reps, the lifters too, the jumpers. Uh, well, are you? Are you? Because obviously, if they are in the defense, you're focusing on the attack, getting the the outcomes right. Yeah. How you be? How are you able to give that new jumper feedback? I mean, there is a time and place. So in, in training sessions, I put my first side under test saying you got five lineouts. However you want to do it with numbers, mauling, off the top, whatever. After you're done, you completed it, we got to train the second side, the subs, the finishers. How I give them feedback is if I can do it directly, I do it, or even self, self-evaluations self with their with their peers. So if I have a big group of forwards, I try to pair every first side player with a second side player, and hopefully they give good feedback. Like, and sometimes hearing it from a teammate saying, "Hey, man, just do this with your feet, do this with your knees or hands, whatever," they sometimes can explain it in a language better than I can. Whereas I'm trying to be as technical as I can be, but if they just hear it from their own friend saying, "You got to do it just like this," so that has a converse uh, problem where they the the, the person naturally does it very well but they're giving poor information and you uh though their arms are in uh sorry though yeah though their actually arms are in they don't explain that so do you cut across them and say actually sorry you you, you're not explaining it very well or was that uh, too much of a confidence uh breaker i mean i generally believe that my first side guys my experienced players know those key concepts and i'm not that big of a technical coach saying if you do this with your hands, that's all wrong. Like, you're never going to play because you do this. But ultimately, I suggest things that I find easier and more efficient and works in the match. But if if they end up doing that 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 airplane motion and they're winning every set piece, every line out, then it works for them. But I give them guidelines like that. You know, do the, do the hungry hippo thing with their hands. But if they just go back to their regular thing, I'm not going to... Not play that player, but if they're winning set pieces, yeah, that's, okay. So the outcome sometimes is uh, more important than the process in the situation. So uh, you've not got much time with the lineout guys. How much technical time would you spend with the jumpers? I mean, not actually running a specific lineout, but trying to improve their fast feet, their fast feet with the the non-starters. Well, uh, any any player. So uh, you've got you've got some time allocated to lineouts. Mm-hmm. Is it all? Uh, uh, do you only just do the line-out plays, or do you do some uh, technical stuff? Oh, always, always technical stuff first. So right. really... So what does that look like? So actually, this year, we, we went to a match that was eight hours away. 
and we drove vans. It was tough to bring equipment with us, tackle pads, pads in general. And that's a crucial part on how we warm up our lifts and just warm up as a team. So how it all starts is I showed this to these guys at an away match where they found a goalpost. For a lineout, we can warm up every skill we can with a goalpost. The throwers can go off to the side, get their reps throwing at the bar. The jumpers can go underneath the crossbar and just the, the feet, you know, going in the progressions, trying to reach the crossbar. And then the lifters can grab the pads around the, the goalpost and lift those oh, guys yeah. up. Cool, yeah. So once I show that to my guys at a way match, they started doing that as a unit every before every training session started. So I'm like, all right, great. They've already warmed up the basic skills and it's relatively individual. All right. And then as we get to our forward session, our lineout session and training, we kind of go to a little bit more progression where we isolate skills where our thrower will be on their knees on the ground, ready, loaded, ready to throw. And then our jumpers would be on their feet. And I mean, sometimes they have their hands straight up like a, they're, they're fully as high as they can, the highest point, and just really getting the throwers, their throws down. I'm a believer that jumpers and lifters will get their reps and actual the repetitions, but if we get our throwers warmed up and hitting their spots, then the rest of the lineout session will be fine. So the biggest thing is making sure our throwers are get that that roll off their fingertips and that momentum forward. So it's interesting there. So there's a technical aspect, but actually there's a rhythm of the mental preparation mm. to work it out, and something to do with the, the confidence of the players. So let's say uh, you, you've done that in the warm up. When do you start? Do you uh, do you isolate the lift and the jump? Or are you always working with the throws? Always with the throw. Um, we want to, we want, we, so we really, when we're isolating skills, it's really isolating the thrower's motion and getting them warmed up, getting them spot on at 5, 10, 15 meters. And then we, I really don't spend time, you know, one-on-one lifting or two-man lifts. It's, I really believe if we get that motion with the thrower involved as well, the jumper involved as well, then you're building the chemistry all together. Unless we have a newer player of the game that, you know, is, is buckling their feet up in the air, kick, jumping, you know, kicking their players in the teeth, yeah, yeah. then that's a time to, to really isolate the skills. But generally, like, the players I've been very fortunate to coach, they, they have that concept already, and it's really just kind of building them as a unit, that, that, that rhythm and the continuity. When would you or would you ever use uh, lineouts where the line-out jumper moves maybe five, six steps in the line-out. So they, they come in at, uh, say, number four in the line-out, and then they move forward to take the ball at mm-hmm. two. So does that change the way that they use their feet? I mean, obviously, they've got to move a bit. Yeah, yeah. But what, 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 are, you, what are you going to do? Are you, uh, how are you going to them move fast? Short steps, big steps? However, however they need to get there quickly, right, okay. right? And generally, if our designated jumper is at the back of the, the line-out, and he's going to jump closer to the thrower, I say the back lifter, his back lifter already set up, is moving with him. That way, uh, whoever's the front jumper is already lined up, ready to lift. And as soon as those two meet up with him, whether it's 5 meters, 10 meters, whatever it is, there's the, when the two guys get there, that's a complete lift. When If a jumper's moving back, I don't want them walking backwards, because that sometimes slows down their quick feet on the ground. So I tell them to turn and face away from the thrower, but you get there quicker and then turn around and go uh, up. Turn and face. So that's uh, probably not everyone would think that would be an effective way, but... It works. For me, I want quickness on the ground. Yeah. Quick up in the air, quick down. Okay, excellent. Right, really enjoyed that. We're all focused on quick, sharp, 
uh, and lots of realistic line-out situations as opposed to... I mean, obviously, you've got the warm-ups, but, and I really like the idea of that warm-up where uh, the lifters are using the pads around the, uh, the posts. Yeah, and really just to simulate their... They're, they're coming together, their footwork stepping into that complete lift. And that way, I mean, they're going to get reps doing the lineouts as a team, but that way they just kind of work on just lightweight. That way they're not lifting up every rep. Right, cool. Really enjoyed that. So, uh, Corey played professional rugby for, at the time, the national champions, the uh, Austin Huns. His philosophy is uh, make rugby enjoyable for everybody, not just for the players, but for the coaches, the fans, and the families. And uh, attempting to grow the game. So that's one of his roles in uh, the university. If you want to find out more and quiz him a bit more, you can get him on email at cmumpson uh, at tmu.edu. And Mumpson is spelt uh, C-M-A-M-S-E-N. Struggle through that one at tmu.edu. Okay, so quick fire questions uh, to go at you and the first one is probably going to shock a few people how old are you? I am 29 years old okay, speaking with some uh, authority there on coaching the line out, what coaching book is by your bedside at the moment? I gotta go with Legacy alright, okay Play or, or The Art of War All which right. is Sun, not a Sun Tzu. It's General, General Sun Tzu yeah, okay which coach teacher are you loving at the moment? At the moment, it doesn't have to be rugby. I am a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Vince Lombardi. Oh, yeah. um, Green Bay Packers, my American football team. And I just liked how he innovated football. And that's, you know, here I was never really formally taught rugby, but I kind of adapted and kind of applied what I learned, what I saw from YouTube, from, from even talking to other coaches, thinking how can I make it better, make it more efficient to how I play. Uh, which team sport subject would you love to coach at the moment if it wasn't rugby? I would say sports subject, just really creating a balance in your life. All right. Whether, you know, between physical, mental, relationship, you know, everything, everything needs a balance. Uh, who's inspired you most? I would, I would say my father. He was not an athletic gentleman, but he, I think the lessons in life, what he taught me was, all off the field, obviously. He was a musician, but the hard work, everything was kind of not directly teaching me, but indirectly. And I have to base my whole career based on those life lessons. What would you tell your 20-year-old self to do more of? Stretch and drink water. <laughs> Stretch, drink water, but um, yeah, just create good relationships, good, and kind of um, dive into opportunities earlier on. Don't step back. Put yourself in a position to be successful. Corey, that's been brilliant. Really enjoyed that. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.